The Lynn Group Advisors, LLC, is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Centers for Disease Control and or any other government agency. This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Wealth Puzzle with Mike Mansfield and Tony Shore. Um, as I always start, I'm Mike Mansfield with the Lynn Group here in Ventura, California. I'm a certified financial planner, but more importantly, I'm a retirement income planner. I focus on helping people build retirement income cash flows, help them to maximize their social security, their pensions, their income needs, their tax liability, their estate planning, and then ultimately helping them pick and understand the appropriate investments needed to support a good, healthy, tax-efficient income plan. So that's what I do. Obviously, in the last number of weeks, Tony and I have been spending a lot of time talking about the economy, talking about current market events, and certainly talking about the coronavirus and the impact it has on our lives. Um, I think one of the good places to start and consider what I do is when you have a good, healthy, proper retirement income plan, you don't have to be scared of current events. It doesn't mean these things aren't a problem. It doesn't mean you don't have to be personally concerned about them. But from a financial standpoint, if you have a proper retirement income plan, your income, your monthly income needs are never really coming from the stock market. So if your stock market part of your portfolio goes down, you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, what does my paycheck look like next month? Do I have a problem? We like to invest in the stock market, but at the same token, we all realize that you only take stock market risk where risk is due, and that's on your longer term buckets of money. So if you're retiring, planning on retiring, retired, whatever it is, if you need a good, healthy distribution income plan to make sure that you have the right type of asset allocation to weather this kind of drama and these kinds of storms. So anyways, geez, Tony, I'm already off to the uh, talking too much start here, but Woo, I'm all fired I was waiting up. for you to introduce me somewhere in there, but no, you are fired you're, up you're today. Here. Wow. No, that's like, forget Tony. That's all, this is this is the and Mike I, show And I'm your today. co-host, Tony yeah. Shore. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Shh, be quiet. The, um, no, there's just so much going on and it's crazy. Now, I think where we should also start too is as of lately, normally I talk, we talk Tony and I talk general topics, so we don't really time datum of sorts but lately because gosh every single day is new news new data new information new drama everything gets time stamped now so we're recording this show monday morning april 13th the day after easter happy easter everybody and you know so the information we're going to talk about is relevant as of today so in a few days when you listen to the show who knows what's going on at that point right yeah so, well we yeah are. and so Obviously, every week we've been talking about, I know you've been talking about, hey, here's where the numbers are actually at. You've been looking at the coronavirus as an issue, and we've been somehow, uh, you've managed to find ways to, you know, look at it from a different perspective and uh, work in the financial aspect. 
Now, the markets were up last week, so everybody's excited. But is it really going right. to last? And could we see another spike in coronavirus yeah. deaths and then the market tanks with that spike? I, you know, I'm just trying to figure out where things are at. And I know you don't have a crystal sure. ball, but, uh, you know, you've been you've been pretty right on and spot on about this whole thing. And I know you've been helping your clients maneuver through this. Uh, you know, uh, people are like, do I sell everything now? Do I buy? What do I do with my money and my assets? Right. 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 No, you're totally right. So a couple things. Let's let's kind of break it into the two parts. Then let's talk about the coronavirus. What's going on with that? And then we'll talk about the economics. What's going on with all that fun stuff? So one of the things that I keep bringing up is recovery rates. Now, recovery rate, remember, you turn on any media news, and like I said, we say this every week now, every major uh, media source seems to run two numbers, total cases, total deaths. Everybody magically always forgets to really focus on recovery rates. To me, that is the most important piece of the puzzle because that is starting to really show the, the total impact, the progression of a disease on society. Because when you think about a recovery rate, how many people are getting better after being sick, the only way that percentage is going to increase, Tony, is if it is a much larger percentage than new people getting sick. Does that make sense? It's kind of hard to think sure. about, but if you have so many new people getting sick and not a lot of people recovering, the percentage of recovery is going to stay very low. And so what we're looking for is we're looking for that acceleration of where does the recovery rate start to pick up? Because that means you have more people as a percentage getting better than getting sick. And remember, the United States is behind a lot of other countries, right? You know, we didn't get it first. It started in China. Right. It was in Iran. It was in South Korea. And so when you look at places like that, obviously China's its own massive debate with what was reported. But at least from what was reported, 95% of China has recovered. That's a pretty big number. Iran, remember, third world country, Iran, over 60% has fully recovered. 50% in Switzerland, 50% in Austria, 70% in South Korea. Even Italy, remember, gosh, just a few weeks ago, all the news media was about the bloodbath in Italy, the chaos in Italy. They're already at 22% as a recovery rate. So even though they've had massive issues there, the people are starting to recover. They're improving their bell curve. Then we come to the old US of A. Now, you know, this one is great. You know, you go back just a handful of weeks ago when we started really talking about the recovery rates. The first show we did probably three weeks ago on recovery rates, I think we were at a half a percent in the U.S. And by that next Monday, we were at two and a half percent. And by that next Monday, we were at like five percent. And by today, I'm looking at the numbers right now, the ones coming from John Hopkins database. Any guesses, Tony? You want to guess? Maybe no, I should. Maybe I should, have you know, no idea. We should, we should do a quiz I have show. no idea. Three percent? I don't know. Run the numbers. Seven and a half percent as of the data today from John Hopkins wow. database. That's yeah. huge. That's yeah. awesome. The number keeps getting bigger consistently. At the moment, it's growing at basically two and a half percent a week. The only way that that makes sense, like the problem is, is uh, John Hopkins and, and all the databases, they report information at different times of the day. So like even right here where I'm looking at the U.S. on, you know, tracking these cases, it has a total of 557,000 cases in the U.S., but it says today 3,300 new cases. So, you know, okay, we got some new cases. That stinks. 
but you look at the recovery rate and you've got 42,000 recovered, but it says today you have 9,000 recovered. So you've got at the moment, based on this data set, you've got three times as many recovered people than new people getting it. So it kind of reinforces my point is that's why the recovery rate is increasing as a percentage is mathematically you end up with more people recovering now than even getting sick. Look, people getting sick stinks. People are still sick. They're still dying. They're still in the hospital. These are all problems that need to be addressed. But the blessing is, is people are also getting better and at an accelerated rate. Um, you know, California has had its own issues. I think California at the moment is at about 23,000 cases. But honestly, you go back the better part of a month now to when the governor was talking, Tony, he was saying in two months we were going to have 25 million cases. So we haven't even been able to scratch the surface of that. Thank goodness. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, we haven't given close. So uh, well, obviously you know. there is some good news. There are some silver linings here, uh, but we do want to still. Dude. Obviously, there are still a lot of people suffering from this and. Absolutely. And passing away, it's, it's sad, you know, when you see the what's happening in New York and places with really concentrated populations. I do think, you know, and I know, uh, you know, I, I know that the numbers you provide are good and I'm glad you're doing it. Uh, on the other side, I do kind of get the point of the, about the stay at home and take it seriously, though. Well, sure. That's what bends the curve. That's what makes this all better is we do need to follow the guidelines, right? We do need to do the right thing. We do need to be prudent and proactive right now. Um, you know, I think that's a confusion. It's not that, you know, the whole stay at home order is not so that people don't end up getting sick. It's just so that we can significantly slow the amount of people getting sick so that the government, the scientists, the professionals have the ability to get a better handle on how to treat this and deal with it. And obviously, I think, you know, that's working. And, you know, our recovery rate is looking great relative to new cases. This is important. Um, but, yeah, at the same token, Tony, it is scary. It's still upsetting. People are still getting sick and still dying. This is tragic. Yeah. And so uh, it is tragic. And I'm glad, though, that uh, there is a good recovery rate. And hopefully the trend is slowing in most places. And we will see yeah. a return to at least some normalcy. I think they're going to ease back into things eventually here. And, and Absolutely. you know, I think it's, it's sad, though, for the businesses that have, have mm -hmm. to be closed and the people are out of work. The unemployment numbers are not good. Um, well, six million a, one week, yeah. uh, uh, six point eight million the next, three point three million one week. The last three the weeks, week, yeah. and previously the record was like six hundred ninety-five thousand back in nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, it's incredible. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, they already have, I think, ten percent of our workforce already on yep. unemployment. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, it kind of lends in back to what you had said earlier, though. You know, what is the impact on finances, on the stock market? The stock market was up last week. Why is it up? You know, so it's kind of funny. So there's a lot of moving parts here. And obviously, nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, but there's a lot of thoughts and things that go into the process. One is, let's be fair. We've talked about this economically. The initial landslide of the market crashing from mid-February down to March 23rd, you had like a 35% sell-off in the market. In my opinion, once again, just my opinion, was a little mathematically overblown. It was a little too chaotic, 
a little too crazy. You know, mathematically priced in the concept of like something like 60 to 80% of corporate earnings imploding this year. So what happens though, is if you go back through the, the history of market crashes, I mean, this goes back to the great depression and stuff like that and happened in the two thousands. It happened in 2008. It's very common to have some kind of market rally. They call it a bear market relief rally where the market can go up 15, 20, 30, 50% from its recent implosion and then kind of work its way back down. So it's that big relief rally. They call it a bear market trap, something like that, you know, where it's just like, it kind of tricks people like, Hey, everything's okay. Everything is better. And it was funny because two weeks ago, the market peaked out and then it started going down and it was going down for a week, a little bit. And it was creeping back down towards 20,000 on the Dow. And then like you said, Tony, what happened last week? Mark yep. goes up a lot. And you have to admit, that was a little confusing because there was a lot of rationale on why the market should go down. Let's be fair. Stock markets do not like uncertainty. We still don't know when the economy is going to be back open. That's a massive amount of uncertainty. We still have some inconsistency on where does the data with the coronavirus plateau, where do cases plateau, you know, where does all this stuff effectively change? Because as much as New York is getting better, it's now getting bad in Louisiana. It's getting bad in Detroit. So are we just, you know, need to change the focus to a different area? But last week was kind of like the headline week too, Tony. Can you think of any big headlines well, that rhyme with Anders? <laughs> Well, yeah, and well, and I want to add in what I brought up before, the job claims. You'd think the jobless numbers alone would bring the market down. Right, would would blow the market right. up, right? I agree, because that's that's the kind of stuff we're talking about is, oh my gosh, this is worse than we thought kind of right. an attitude. Right, and then Bernie drops, market out, Bernie drops out of the race, the political upheaval. Right. Instantly, the market goes up. Yep. Right? And then on Friday, so you were right, on last Friday, that's when the big job numbers come out that, you know, 6.6 million new people filed for unemployment. Holy guacamole, man. That's a big number. Um, you know, bringing the total up to like 16 million. Now you would think, oh my gosh, there it is. There's the, the nail in the coffin. The market should implode because this is just ugly as ugly. And within about seven seconds after that piece of data being dropped on the market, what happens? The feds come out and they say, hey guys, we got you. We got you covered. <laughs> and so in the last couple of weeks, there's been some breakdowns in what we call the it's debt markets, but in junk bonds, things like that. Things that really caused major issues in the stock market back in 2008. And so the feds came in on Friday and said, hey, guys, I know you're all worried about these things in the old stock markets and debt markets and bond markets and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? We're going to buy all that stuff. We're going to fix it. We're going to toss $2.3 trillion at the problem and shore all of that up. Oh. Like, what? So every moment, yeah. Tony, that you think the market should go down justifiably based on actual data, you have politics and government intervention. I mean, at this point, Tony, you know the feds, the government, have probably done two to three times as much stimulus and damage control as they did through the whole 08 great recession crisis. Wow. I mean, there's a saying, don't fight the feds. Yeah. And it's funny because right now the feds are rolling out so much stuff that yeah, any practical, normal, anything would say the market should go down, but the feds kind of propping it up at the moment. Now, does that mean that that information gets priced in and then the market goes down anyways? Hey, maybe the market's down today, you know, 
And what happened over the weekend? I don't know if you caught it. I know we were all, uh, you know, looking for bunnies and whatnot. But um, over the weekend, OPEC signs a giant oil agreement. I don't know if you caught that. It was considered historic. Actually, I thought it was kind of funny. So let's go back in time, Tony. Remember, uh, gosh, when was it? I guess maybe the first week of March-ish, somewhere in there. All the Seems sudden, like forever ago. Um, doesn't it though? This has been the longest year. It's barely I April. I know. Oh my gosh. 2020 I, is a dumpster fire at this point. Uh, <laughs> if I had any more hair, geez, Louise, it'd be gone. But, but Saudi Arabia and Russia, they got into this big oh, spat oil, about cutting production. The oil crisis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that created another major leg down in the stock market because bad news was compounding bad news. So that didn't help. And President Trump has been working for a few weeks on trying to get everybody on the oil world to get along to stabilize oil prices because oil went from like 60 bucks a barrel down to 20 bucks. I mean, it was crazy. Massive implosion in oil. You know, I said I saw something the other day telling you that said in parts of the country, uh, gas could be back under a buck. Oh, it is. Actually, it is. And um, really? That's uh, crazy. Not in California. My son goes to college in Minnesota and there's a town, Red Wing, Minnesota. It was eighty nine cents a gallon. No, shut up. Of course, we we have. Really? There's a lot fewer taxes on gas than there is in California. That's so it's so That's it's a incredible. lot cheaper anyway. But eighty nine cents. cents a gallon. Wow. He he literally filled up his car, saved the receipt, showed me because he knew I wouldn't believe him. Yeah. That's, in, that's yeah, incredible. And I just I filled up my wife's car the other day in uh, the Minneapolis area, and it was a buck 39 yeah. at the Sam's Club. Yeah, I, I, so. Yeah, I think we're still at $6 or <laughs> yeah. something. Well, you yeah. got you, you got to pay the taxes. <laughs> you got a lot of taxes on that. Woo! Yeah. The um well that's funny, but in any case, over the weekend, there was a historic production cut. And it was funny cuz they they called the OPEC plus countries, which is like something like 23 countries are involved in this meeting to cut production. And it was funny because their goal was to cut 10 billion barrels of oil. And it's, you know, and so as of last Friday, all of a sudden Mexico wouldn't agree to their cuts. They asked Mexico to cut 400 million barrel, excuse me, 400,000 barrels a day. And Mexico said they'd only cut 100,000. And so this was a problem and nobody's getting along and nobody can agree kind of a thing. And it's funny because then the headline comes out last night on Sunday. OPEC, historic production of 9.7 million barrels a day. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm like, I was kind of laughing because it was supposed to be 10. They, they couldn't get Mexico to agree in the end. So they just called it historic anyways and and moved on. So they're cutting some oil. It's going to phase out over the next kind of 12 months of them reducing those cuts. But the whole point is to try to stimulate the market. But the problem is, is even with doing that, there's already such a massive oil supply glut, right? I mean, there's so much excess oil uh, in reserve because everyone kept pumping for the last, you know, six weeks, basically, even though it was unnecessary. And so, you know, once again, there's a good headline. What's the market doing today? It's down 500 points. Why is it down 500 points? That's because the market, Tony, attempts to price in all available information. The market already knew there was going to be a deal. They were already working on the deal. So the market had already priced that aspect of life in. Um, And so now that the deal's done, it it was already old news by the time it was signed. Yeah. So we're just kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop, my friend. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah. So now, obviously, this is it's interesting what it's doing with the economy and the markets are up despite the jobless numbers. But they're like you said, there's some good news that's driving that up. The market had a bump when Bernie Sanders dropped out of the race. It sometimes reacts yeah. to political things like that. Now, for sure. people out there with their finances, before we go today, Michael, uh, we this is the time, though, to look at where you're at. And I know you're willing to do phone meetings or virtual meetings uh, if people are uh, staying at home and don't want the personal contact. How do our listeners get a hold of you to set that up? Because if you don't have a financial plan, you need to get one. And if you have one, uh, you should get a second opinion, right? Absolutely. And so obviously this is a time that people do have time, right? You're sitting at home, you're thinking about your situation, you're reassessing stuff. Maybe you're even looking at your statements and feeling a little upset about what's going on. Give us a call. We can set up a webinar. We can do go to meeting. We can have a phone conference. We have all the technology to have a conversation with you and help start mapping out a proper retirement income plan. So just give us a call. 805 805- 500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. Um, we're here. We're available. Visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. We're working in the office, but just kind of based on the stay-at-home order and the demographic that we serve, we don't really have a lot of active meetings in the office right now. Obviously, in time, we'll get back to all of that. But reach out to us via the phone. We can chitty chat. We can talk to you. We can get on the old computer and get all of that done. So we are totally available for that, Tony. I appreciate that. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. And listeners, I believe that does it for today's episode of The Wealth Puzzle with our host, Michael Mansfield. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805 505- 500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group LLC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC the Lind Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.